Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February of 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia, although today I'm actually in New London, New London Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on a ketogenic diet since April of 2014. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've lost just shy of 100 pounds, and I've completely turned my health around. And this show is a document of my progress through ketosis and Richard's experience thriving for years in ketosis. <laughs> and hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice. Nope. But we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? No! <laughs> We've done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them, and we hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Oh, yeah. We love to cook and we love to eat. And every episode, we both share a keto recipe that cannot be ignored. Negative ghostwriter, the pattern is full. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richard, let's start podcast number 90, Impulsive Keto, Karen Ogilvie's Keto Success Story. We're just Ninety podcasts. Wow. It's amazing. I know. What a ride. It's all been fun. <laughs> it's getting more and more surreal every day. <laughs> well, do we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show, Richard? No. Last week's show was Keto for Beginners, and i got to admit that's one of my favorite shows to have recorded. Yeah. I mean, we basically want everybody to share that with loved ones and friends and people who don't know anything about keto. That's what's great about this episode is we didn't do any shtick, none of the Carl and Richard stuff that we're doing yep. now. We just got to basic explanations of what's going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So let's revisit what a ketogenic diet is. It's uh, for us anyway. It's less than 20 grams of carbs per day, mostly right. from green leafy vegetables and nuts. Yep. And uh, protein scales with our lean body mass. Sure. We go by one to one and a half grams of protein for every kilogram of lean body mass that yeah. you have. But we get all of our energy from fat. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. Either the fat that's on your plate or the fat on your body from that Krispy Kreme that you ate a decade ago. Right. Buddy, how was your week? My week was with you. <laughs> so I, it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So this week we uh, we were in Toronto yesterday. Yeah. We went up to uh, have dinner with uh, Jason Fung and Megan Ramos and Angel Ramos. And Karen Ogilvie joined us. Karen Ogilvie. And we went on what I'm calling the Keto Dudes Churrascuria World Tour. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a Brazilian steakhouse <laughs> where they bring out meat on on swords. <laughs> yes. And they say, would you like some of this? And we say, oh, yes, definitely. Yes. Pass the salt. More fat. More Thank fat. Yeah. And they and they don't stop until you say uncle. Yeah. You say, oh, my God. Yeah. Are you sure you want some? What did they have? They had prime rib with cheese in, injected in it. Yeah, it was, <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy. And talk. delicious. It was really good. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I 
found in Toronto was a new kind of coffee. Yeah. And this is from Starbucks. Yep. And this is what, – what happened was normally when I go to Starbucks, I get like a Vente Americano iced coffee. And uh, it's a lot of liquid. And yeah. this time I didn't want a lot of liquid. I just wanted a lot of caffeination. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked for a double shot uh, – in Starbucks, they call it a doppio. But yeah. uh, what I asked for was a double shot macchiato. Now, a macchiato is normally where they start off with a shot of coffee and then, or a shot of espresso, and they get the milk foam with just a teaspoon of milk foam, and they just put a little mark of of milk foam on the top of the espresso. Right. Macchiato just means marked. Um, and as she was pouring the coffee, I said, wait a minute, is it possible to use heavy cream instead of milk? And she said, sure, why not? So Steamed heavy cream. Steamed heavy cream. Oh, man. And instead of just putting a mark of cream on there, she put like, you know, several <laughs> tablespoons of Was cream Was she in like, there. this is going to be yeah, great. This is going to be gonna great. Go You're going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wired for the rest of the day. So, yeah, that's my new favorite cup of coffee. Um, so what else we've been doing? We've been looking at uh, venues and getting ready for Keto Fest 2018. Yeah, we're starting. Yeah, we've got a new venue too, which will we be do. very interesting. We'll be talking about that a little bit closer to the event. Yeah. Um, we also filmed our Kickstarter video, yep. and that will be released pretty soon. Yep. Um, and then in celebration, after all of this hard work, we have been working very hard. We had cigars, and that's we why I, ha I have sexy cigar voice. We had some Cubanos <laughs> that we picked up in Toronto on yeah, the way home. naughty yeah. boy. Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Yeah, so that was my week. How was your week, Carl? Well, my week was great. As a matter of fact, all those things that you said I participated in. <laughs> but also, um, I had a good time editing these uh, new podcasts with Jason Fung and Megan Ramos, right, which is yeah. the Obesity Code podcast. Mm. So for those who don't know, we have a new sort of foundation called Two Keto LLC. Yep. And the purpose of it is to create more podcasts and more content and more video and we have a Patreon that supports it. And uh, one of the big podcasts that we're doing here is the Obesity Code podcast. So sure. I've been editing that. And we featured the first episode on Two Keto Dudes. Yep. The second episode, guys, even better than the first. Right. You got to go check out the second episode. Yeah. Because we learned. We, we got some of your feedback. Yeah, some of the music was too long, whatever. And, uh, but it, the audio quality is better. Everything's better about the second episode. The story is just as good. And, uh, and then the third episode, which we edited this week, mm. is, uh, uh, questions for IDMs. So Jason and Megan answer questions from the populace. Yeah. And the focus is on insulin resistance. And, and we were both involved with that. We, uh, asked the questions. Yeah. We, we asked for questions in our mm -hmm. forum. We got yeah. some good questions. And we actually had a couple questions of our own, and Jason and Megan answered them. It was great. Yeah, we've got to thank our Patreons, because without them, we wouldn't be able to extend our network beyond just one podcast. Yep. So thank you very much for thank that. Thank you very much. Mm. And this is the point of our show where we give away some swag. Loot! Booty! <laughs> <laughs> and this time, we're giving away uh, two Keto Dudes coffee mugs with our mugs on them that say, keep calm and keto on. A mug with our mugs on it. Nice. And it's good advice, right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Especially when people get at their initial weight loss, they get into a stall and they're yeah. like, oh, this stuff doesn't work. No, yeah. keep calm and, and keto, keto on. on. That's what yeah. we're saying. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, Richard, today's winner is, wait for it. I'm waiting. Wait for it. <laughs> I'm still waiting. 
John Harmon. Well done, John. <laughs> Golf clap for you. And John Harmon wins a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug just for being a member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club. And you can sign up. Go to fanclub.twoketo.com, answer three or four easy questions, and you'll be in our database. And every week we pick somebody at random from that database to win a mug. And you could win the lottery. Uh, That's right. Or, or if you can't wait for the lottery, you can always go to gear.twoketo.com and buy them. Easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings us to a little segment we always do called... Oh, man, you went low on I me that low. time. <laughs> yeah, I've got the uh, cigar voice. Yes. <laughs> the Barry White voice. Oh, yeah. Gingivitis. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I'll go first. This uh, was a simple message on Facebook from Tao Lei. Mm-hmm. And Tao says... Richard and Carl, you need to bring Karen Ogilvie on your podcast because I love her laugh. No, uh, I'm sorry. We can't do that. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, no. No, we're not going to bring her on our podcast. Nope, I'm sorry. That's out of the question. Actually, she's on our show today. She is. She is. So my mail today is from Christina Rose Hmm. on the Ketogenic Forums, and she asks... What happens if you eat too much fat on a keto diet in one day? Oh. I'm new to keto and I ate lots of fat bombs, which I will never do again. Huh. I went like 40 to 50 grams of fat over that day. I've been eating less fat since yesterday to make up for it. Is that okay? How do I recover this mm. or to balance it out? And uh, there's oh, been man. a couple of interesting comments there. Um Tom said, if you felt totally miserable, you probably ate too much fat. It's a learning experience, but this too shall pass. Like everything else, just learn from it and enjoy the journey. Tom goes on to say, keep in mind that most of us start eating this way because our goal is to lose weight. Mm. What we usually mean is that we want to lose body fat in all the right places, but this really isn't what we really want, and we don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. The body gets fat as a mechanism to protect it from damage that's happening to our body from things like diet, genetics, environment, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And the body develops these fat stores to protect us and to help us to survive the stress and the trauma. Our goal really should be to get healthy, to reduce inflammation from the stressors in the body, et cetera, and that will lead to the loss of fat being stored in all of the right places. So eating dietary fat is a good way of lowering inflammation, especially if the source of some of that inflammation was in the food that you were previously eating. So just keep up the good work. And uh, somebody else made a, a comment. This is Jason Fletcher who says, um, you know, in this case, I would suggest eating real foods and foods that are more satiating, even though I don't agree with eating to satiation. Bringing up, mm. Binging on fat bombs will not lead to healthy eating habits or a positive mental mindset, and they're not satiating. Will you gain weight from overeating fat? It depends on how efficient your body is at digesting and using fat and what kind of fat you are using. Most people who start keto are not metabolically healthy and they burn a lot of energy and do not have the capacity to digest large amounts of fat. Mm. As time goes on, the body will be able to use and even store the fat. Now, as far as fats, MCTs and uh, LCFs are basically short and long-chain fatty acids, MCTs will in general not be able to be stored by the body as long chains will. Mm. Now, I, I disagree with some of the things that Jason yeah. said, uh, and it, I'll go backwards. MCTs, yes, MCTs can't be stored. You're going to burn them immediately. They're treated in an entirely different way from long chain fats. 
Short and medium chain fats will go straight to the liver. Long chain fats go everywhere but the liver first mm-hmm. and mainly go into fat, in, into adipose tissue. Yeah. So, um, so medium chain triglycerides, if you eat uh, a bulletproof coffee with coconut oil in it, though, that's medium chain tri- triglycerides, you're not going to put those into your body fat. You're going to be basically using those for energy. And if you have too much for energy, then you will eventually turn it into body fat and store it. Yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Now, some people can have up to five, you know, 5,000 calories a day and still lose weight. Sam Feltham was a perfect example of it that. It depends on your metabolic rate. How it much, does. How much body fat you're burning. It does. One of the things that we have said from the very get-go is eat fat to satiety. Right. You don't want to eat to satiety and then eat some more because you will then have too much energy. Now, sure. what you do with that is going to be different for every different person. Yeah. There was a guy in one of Ethan Sims' uh, overfeeding studies who was unable to gain fat beyond 11% uh, body fat increase, on a, he, and he was eating 44,000 kilojoules per day. That's about uh, 10,000 calories a day. Good Lord. And he wasn't gaining any fat. That's crazy. His metabolic rate just jacked up. Yeah, you know, and so, so really, uh, you really can't say uh, f- from the outset how much energy a person is going to use. Right, the body really determines that. Sure. So, so this is really why Stephen Finney says satiety is key. You must let satiety uh, determine whether you need to fuel or not. Mm. So, but as for the original question, look, if if there shouldn't be a fat macro. There shouldn't be an amount of fat that you have to eat during Agreed. the day. You eat till you're no longer full. It's right. Not it's rocket not surgery. rocket science. <laughs> Another thing that I think about is when people make fat bombs, they're typically made with artificial sweeteners. Yeah. And some of those sweeteners can signal the brain into thinking, oh, that sweet stuff jack up insulin, even right. though the blood sugar isn't going up. The cephalic response. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly. And it's different with everybody. Some people can tolerate it more than others. But That's right. But if you're eating these things, well, guess what happens? Your insulin goes up, mm-hmm. and then you're eating all this fat on top of that, and guess what? It it, it doesn't get burned. No, no. It, it won't get burned. It'll get stored. I guess the problem is that, uh, yeah, people just have seem to have a moralistic view on overeating, and yeah. it's very difficult to shake that way of thinking. But, um, you know, if you eat too much one day, You'll eat less the next day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. your body's not stupid. It'll Your satiety will hit earlier mm. when you have excess energy. And if you don't have access to energy, you may be, you know, 200 pounds overweight. If you have high insulin and you don't have access to that energy- You're starving. You're starving all the time. Yeah. You, know, you need to get insulin down. So yeah. anyway, um, I would say, don't worry, keep calm, kid on. <laughs> That's good <laughs> advice, Richard. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to go to a recording that we made yesterday. That's right. In Toronto with Karen Ogilvie in Mm -hmm. a crappy hotel room somewhere near the airport. (laughs) Uh, The audio isn't the greatest, but, you know, you'll you'll get a a great story out of it. So let's just roll that recording now. Well, we're sitting down in a Best Western Mm -hmm. in Mississauga. Toronto, right at the airport with Karen Ogilvie. And hi, Karen. Hi, how are you, Carl? It's just great. It was really <laughs> fortuitous that you weren't that far away. We we're here to see Dr. Fung and yeah. and uh, you came over. So for those who don't know, Karen runs the Impulsive Keto Facebook group. 
right? I do, yeah. Also involved in the Hobbit cast and some other the groups. the uh, impulsive keto cast impulsive yeah keto the cast. impulsive keto cast formerly known as <laughs> yes formerly known as the Hobbit cast I see. we are now we're now uh, Lord of the Rings free okay <laughs> was there a, a licensing thing or no it was just the the fellow that owned our YouTube channel he was ah. a five foot one oh. and we were we were using his but then he stepped back so uh, it made no sense to but he have didn't a, mind being called a Hobbit at the time he called himself the Hobbit that's funny that he called the his cookbooks the Hobbit <laughs> and also I guess with keto second breakfast I mean you can eat breakfast all day long that's <laughs> right yeah yeah so we we changed the names because we were we were Hobbitless and a lot of our uh, members especially in the food group it really made no sense to have a second breakfast when they weren't even eating a first <laughs> or sometimes not even lunch I'm sorry for, can you explain the second breakfast thing for our listeners <laughs> we have uh, we have another Facebook group that's devoted to food and recipes so it's uh. a ketogenic diet food and recipes formerly called keto second breakfast ah gotcha and so the they, link there is from the lord of the rings where yeah. the hobbits right. referred to breakfast <laughs> 11c's and second right. breakfast right. And- but okay, yeah, but- now that we've explained the cultural references, let's talk <laughs> keto. Yes. Yes. Uh, last time we saw you was in New London, Connecticut at Keto Fest. That's right. Yeah, yeah we had a great time there. That was fun. Lo- loads of fun. I yeah. was there the whole weekend. Mm. Had a blast. We've all been getting ready uh, this week for Keto Fest 2018. Yeah. Uh, it'll be the week weekend of uh, July 21st, and we're planning some extra things that we didn't do last year, yeah. such as we're doing some fasting stuff on the couple of days beforehand. Ah, wonderful. For at least with, one day. With Megan and yeah. Megan Ramos. And Fantastic. We're doing also cooking lessons. We're actually getting a chef who trains other chefs in to do cooking lessons for the week afterwards. So, oh. so those batch, yeah, small batch cooking lessons. So for those people Very who hang cool. around after Keto Fest, there's that as well. So we're in the process of doing a Kickstarter again for it. Mm-hmm. And we hope to be twice the size. So, so it's going to be fun. I think it will be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about you and tell us what you've been doing and uh, since Keto Fest and before that. What's your story? Before that. Well, I started off about a year and a half ago. I had been called into my doctor's office and I was a little alarmed because she called me in after hours and doctors typically don't want to work after hours, but I came in Mm. and she said I I had to come in and she pulled up her chair alongside me and she held my hand. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought all sorts of things. Not good. And what she was trying to tell me was that my tests had come back and I'd come back pre-diabetic, but... What was most alarming was that at uh, at 39, I was diagnosed with uh, atrial fibrillation, uh, AFib, oh. a heart condition. Yeah. So with uh, an A1C of 6.2, wow. and the pre-diabetic, mm-hmm. like just at the border, just, barely. just yeah, this close to full-blown T2, mm. and this heart condition, I was very much staring down the barrel at uh, a stroke. You know, possibly right. before I was 50, um, I was uh, well over 300 pounds. Wow. And just in in really, really bad shape. So the recommendation from my doctor was to get a referral uh, to 
the uh, the weight loss surgery doctor in town. Oh, yeah, bariatrics. Uh, yeah, bariatrics. Yeah, yeah. So she said, you know, he might not want you to have the surgery, but you might want to consider it. Mm. You know, this is not good. This this AFib that you have normally, you see that when you're in your seventies. Right. So wow. you know, make the appointment and have a consultation and, and decide what you want to do from there. Now, I did a little research on weight loss surgery, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I didn't like. Uh, the outcome, right. uh, oftentimes, like it can be life-saving for so yeah, many people, absolutely. but there is a lot of risk. There is a lot of failure. It's a general anesthetic, and every time yeah. you go under a general anesthetic, there's a chance you won't wake well, up. Especially with mitral uh, fibrillation, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had done a sleep test. Mm-hmm. I was apneaed. So it, it was risky. Probably had high you, blood pressure at the time as well. I didn't. That's wow. the thing about my atrial fibrillation is that we did all kinds of tests. There are certain things that can be confounding factors yeah. for atrial fibrillation. They couldn't find anything. The only confounding factor that I had was obesity. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they yeah. just didn't know what was causing it. They just knew I was very large and yeah. and in a, in a bad. Uh, and they probably told time. you that you know you're you're on the path for diabetes and you, nobody comes back from it, right? That's what she told me. She said, "Look, it. I don't know how long you have been pre-diabetic. I did have gestational diabetes right. uh, six years before that." I see. As far as I knew, I, I I think the last A1C I had was the year after I gave birth. So I it don't I don't think it came back pre-diabetic. Do you yeah. know what it was? I they didn't call me back in. Uh, I had an yeah. old school doctor. <laughs> yeah. He was he's a very You're good. Fine. You don't uh, need yeah, to know. exactly. Like whatever. I'll tell you if there's a problem. <laughs> right. uh, but I had this new doctor who's very caring and, and concerned. She said, you know, you had this problem before when you were pregnant. Um, all I know is this. If your A1C comes back pre-diabetic, the clock is ticking. I don't know when it started, she says, but I've never seen anyone eight years past that pre-diabetes diagnosis that did not become a type 2 diabetic. Wow. It just doesn't happen. There you go. Listen, spoiler with, alert. Not <laughs> without weight happened. loss surgery. <laughs> she says, not without weight loss surgery. The yeah. only people that I know that have not become type 2 diabetic after the diagnosis of pre-diabetes had weight loss surgery. Got yeah. it. That's no, that's known as as the only corrective for type two diabetes is yeah. heroic surgery. Re- reroute your gut. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting that uh, one of our most successful episodes and most downloaded episodes was our weight loss surgery episode. Yeah, yeah. and that was very instructive because we on. yeah yeah and we went through all the different options and it turns out the sleeve was the the one mm. that works the best. Mm. It worked the best for for the people that were on. Right. Yeah, I'd seen yeah. many people with a, with a sleeve, and the results. I don't know. They. I was worried. I was really worried. I was worried about the risk of going under. Sure. I was worried about that. I would just if I got the sleeve, I'd just eat through it. Right. Yeah. You know, because I, you know, you don't get to three, over three hundred pounds without having some uh, relationship issues with the food. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we all I, have that. I thought about it. I sat on it for a while. You know, I mulled it over and I had to wait a while to get this referral. Mm. Live in Canada. You got to wait for specialists. Sure. sure. I I tried other things. You know, I tried non-fat, vegan. Uh, I felt Been there. terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw forks over knives mm-hmm. and right. thought, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. And about I, like six weeks in, I guess I ran out of my reserves of vitamins and minerals yeah. and I just thought I was going to die. So mm. I'm like, oh, I, I can't do this. Yeah. Mm. 
and I did a couple of whole thirties. I mm-hmm. did I did everything. I counted points. Yeah, that's Weight Watchers, right? Weight Watchers, yeah, yeah, points, exactly. Yeah. That's I just did that. it's mm-hmm. did cal- calories in, calories out. That's what it is, right? Of course. Yeah. And I, I did all these things while waiting, and I was hungry. And angry, <laughs> and I, I just I couldn't so I couldn't lose weight. Whole thirty, that's sort of a low carbish thing, isn't it? It is, but I I, I ate the fruit. No, yeah. oh, I ate the fruit. Yeah. I, I love Fruit's the good fruit. For oh, you. Yeah, but like, and not even like berries. I yeah. I like the tropical Bananas. fruit, yeah, yeah. pineapple. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that good stuff. I love pineapple. So you were sort of doing low carbish stuff, but just not quite leaning in enough, right? I was pretty experienced with the the low carb uh, diet. Now I I had <laughs> had all these failures uh, with different sorts of diets, except once. Mm-hmm. And then I started to think, you know, the only time I didn't feel terrible while losing weight, the only time I didn't have orthostatic hypotension, yeah. the only time I I felt like I had energy and that I wasn't getting sicker, mm. uh, was. When I had followed the Atkins program. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> about, yeah, about, it was about 16, 17 years ago that I did that. And I lost a lot of weight and I felt great. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I lost like 60, 70 pounds, something mm-hmm. around that, doing that. You know, I had gotten down just to about 200 pounds at that point. And wow. I, uh, I let, I let my husband tell me that we still needed pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so we got pizza once. Uh, yeah, you well, know? That, that one night we you got pizza. And one just, pizza. Exactly. And then just. It, it just did, it was like the, the snowball down the side of the mountain. It was like, yeah, yeah the next yeah. thing you know, we're eating Costco yeah. muffins yeah, yeah, yeah. the size of our head. And, I, I say the uh, same thing about cigarette smoking. I yeah. gave up cigarette smoking and I'd successfully given it up for almost four months and a friend bet me that I couldn't have just one. Oh. And I was smoking again for another 10 years. So, oh, no. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Not yeah. some friend, huh? Yeah, not for long. <laughs> <laughs> no longer a friend. So my experience was that, yeah, not only was I cheating, but uh, when I did Atkins, you know, f- I felt like people were telling me I was going to hurt myself, you know? And that was the yeah. crutch that I told myself that that was my excuse to get off it, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know. It can't the, be right for you. It can't, can't be, be right for you. This can't be good. You know, because people are telling you, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. You're going to have a heart attack. And you don't you know. Bacon. Especially, you know, when we were talking 15, 20 years ago, yeah. uh, the science was, it was there, but it wasn't as well known. It no. wasn't as thorough, right? right? I had done this before with, with the tremendous amount of success. So I, I decided to go online and uh, we didn't have that, you know, 17 years yeah. ago, there weren't Facebook groups, yeah, right? That's true. So I, I, I think I researched Atkins induction. Is that yeah. That's how I felt the best. When I, right. when I totally. did Atkins, I would, you know, do the cycles. You start off with induction and then you start gradually increasing uh, your carbohydrate. Right. But... I never felt good when I did, so I always went back to induction. And yeah. I basically, so did I, actually. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just stayed in induction for about six months and lost yeah. 70 pounds. Yeah, me as well. I in mean, 2004. It's essentially yeah. ketogenic, unless yeah. you're not watching protein, hmm. but, you know, it's essentially ketogenic. Uh, it, I mean, I was a woman in my, my uh, mid-20s, so I didn't eat that much protein. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, I, I didn't skimp on the fat either. Yeah. So I, right. I was basically following a ketogenic diet yeah. without knowing it. Anyway, I went on these Facebook groups and I searched, you know, Atkins induction. And then I kept on seeing ketogenic diet, not finding much on Atkins mm. anymore, mm. just a lot of ketogenic diet. And I'm like, well, I know what ketosis is. Yeah. I read the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right. So I, I signed up. 
to a, a recipe group, Second Breakfast, nice. which is now a ketogenic diet, food and recipes. Mm-hmm. And I signed up to what was called Open Discussion. It's now Ketogenic Diet Science and Support. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all right. You know, I basically just wanted recipes. I knew everything, so there's nothing more I could learn. Mm-hmm. I just wanted some recipes and just talked to other people who were doing it because I, I knew it all. You knew it all. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I've been doing Atkins for a decade. Yeah, no, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. But I got to the point a couple of months in that my weight loss slowed. And I knew that unlike you know, 15 years ago, yeah. I was insulin resistant. Yep. And had become more insulin resistant. Exactly. Time, Very yeah. much so. Uh, mm-hmm. With the prediabetes, that's a lot of insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I, uh, my weight loss had slowed and uh, I was very frustrated because I was so used to, you know, two, three pounds, no problem. It off. Yeah. yeah the, and it slowed down to like one, maybe a half a pound a week. You know, it, it seems like we hear the same story over mm. and over again. I mean, you lose a mm-hmm. lot of weight at first, you feel yeah. great and then mm-hmm. your weight loss slows and some people think, ah, this isn't working and give up and yeah, you know. But, but if that, you think that wasn't of, exactly what was happening. Well, no, no. I mean, yeah, some people yeah. do that. I did that, you know, yeah. a couple of times. But this time, you know, knowing what I know about what the changes that are actually happening slowly in my body. I'd... We made Carl do a podcast. And he's a, <laughs> he's a professional podcaster. He's been podcasting. <laughs> uh, I think he started four years before the term podcasting was yeah. actually Well, invented. 2002, whatever that right. was. So, yeah. and, and so we made him do a podcast so, as a commitment device. Yeah. So yeah. If, if he fell off the wagon, obviously people would see it on Facebook and say, hey, wait a minute, right. we heard you on the podcast. That's right. Turned out he loved it. He took to it like a duck to water. Yeah. And he just, he, the weight just Flew off him, and but yeah. I've been in a stall for a year or so, yeah. sure. and just not really caring all that much mm-hmm. about it because yeah. I feel so great and I got energy. And, yeah, and it'll just work through it. When and I'll it just work through it, through it when yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, so anyway, you know that that's when you were telling uh, the story at Keto Fest about how you were using the podcasting as a compliance tool. I'm like, yeah, that's what my podcast partner did. <laughs> He's <laughs> tricky. <laughs> he just just using this tool to stay compliant. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I. It's a good reason. Oh yeah, no, I found these Facebook groups and I thought I knew everything. Yeah, <laughs> and we all did. Uh, then I'd slowed down. I was getting a little frustrated, and I saw. Like so many other stories, I met a man on the internet. (laughs) I met this man and I saw this fellow, his name is Ben McDonald, and he was having a discussion with someone else and he kept on using these ratios. Uh, 16-8, 23-1, you know, 2-5. And I had... No idea what that was. I'm like, wait, they're talking about something I don't know. Who is this know-it-all guy? <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, I began speaking with him and I said, look, this is my situation. I have atrial fibrillation. Mm-hmm. I have prediabetes. My weight loss is slowed to a crawl. I'm still, at this point, I was still, you know, 285 pounds. Mm-hmm. What is this all about? And he's like, well, I want you... Uh, the first thing is to read this book cover to cover and memorize it. And that book was The Obesity Code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't tell you exactly what Dr. Fung would tell you, but if I had to guess, he'd say, you need to start fasting frequently yeah. and for a long duration as much as you can, you can stand it to begin right. with. Right. So I, I did. 
And how'd you feel? I did. I felt great. Tell me about your first fast. I felt great. Uh, The first fast, I I remember it was uh, paint night with the school. So all the soccer moms got (laughs) together. You need a lot of energy today, right? Uh, Yeah. All the the soccer moms got together and they uh, they were making, yeah, we (laughs) we all had to bring food and I brought brought some stuff and they all had, you know, little donuts and cookies and whatever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I brought my veggie tray. And, uh, mm. and cheese. <laughs> so I brought the things and I had fasted. I had been doing fasts up until, you know, the hour 22, 23. Yeah. Right. And that night I knew I was going to be back after uh, my husband was getting ready for bed. He was making dinner for himself. And I thought, why not? I'll do my first overnight fast. No. Oh. So Great. I'm like, ah. And, you know, my my friends didn't know I was fasting. I would yeah. just be like, I already ate dinner. And I was having my coffee and my water. Right. And, and it was Easiest way bad. to fast is to fast while you're asleep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. exactly. And try and time it so that 18-hour horror bit is when you're asleep. Is yes. trick. <laughs> yeah, with me, it's hour 20 to 22. That's, right. that's when things get dicey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've been doing... I'd fallen very naturally into um, the skipping breakfast. Yeah. I was doing a lot of 16 eights. Right, yeah. And that just sort of happens with a lot of people that eat a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. They just find themselves, they wake up in the morning, they're so busy, they've got all this energy, yeah. so they're bustling around getting stuff done, and they don't, it doesn't occur to them until, you know, the afternoon, oh yeah, yeah. I should probably have lunch. About two o'clock is when I normally start yeah. feeling, oh, I might have something to eat today. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first time. And I wake up with a little Same bit room. of nausea, and I just don't feel like eating because, you know, yeah. I'm drawing down. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you did uh, what? Your first one was what? Forty-eight hours then? Yeah, I did the first one. I think I did. I did forty-two hours, uh, and then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do this all the time, and, and it sort of became my natural rhythm that every other day hmm. I would start. I would I would fast forty-two mm-hmm. hours. I would eat eight hours. Mm. Have my you know two meals and mm-hmm. then and then fast. Sometimes I'd skip a day, you know, if I had a family mm. event or we were away for a weekend. Right, just skipping as many days as you can. Yeah, I would just yeah. skip a day, eat a couple of meals, skip a day, and I would eat big meals. Yeah, you know, sure. In between, I you know, I can tuck away a whole avocado pretty fast. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, given the right amount of garlic and lime and salt, I could probably do I would the try same. garlic. I usually do hot sauce. I do yeah. hot sauce and I put no salt on mine. So, and salt. I do both. <laughs> I, make, I make guacamole. I love guacamole. Hmm. I which is just garlic and salt and lime juice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I just avocado, eat the whole thing. So, I'm actually, <laughs> I've been fasting now since what, Sunday evening we had dinner. Yep. And I haven't eaten since then, and it's currently Tuesday afternoon. Right. There you go. And the three of us are going to go out to dinner with Jason Funk tonight. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to break my fast with Jason Funk. At a Brazilian <laughs> steakhouse. At a Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> huh. um, How many pieces great. do you want? A Brazilian. A Brazilian. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and with a bowl of butter. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So the you know, the fasting fasting came pretty, works pretty quick. Yeah, it came and the way it poured off. I I like to tell people, you know, I was slowed down to the month before. I had only lost five pounds. Yeah. And when I started fasting, that first month I lost twenty. Yeah. And I was eating a lot in between yeah. my fasts. Mm, right. <laughs> and and feeling great, not tired yeah. at all. Yeah. The the other thing that I learned 
that I, I thought I knew, but didn't, was this issue that I always had. I would start to lose weight. I would feel terrible, run down. This orthostatic yeah. hypotension was So that's whenever you stand awful. up, you pass out. I would out. stand up and I, yeah. would, I would, you know, that everything would go dark. Mm. I'd be dizzy. Yeah. Tunnel vision. Yeah. What tunnel vision, kind yeah. of hypertension did you say? Orthostatic hypotension. Yeah. Okay. It means when you change your position, you, you, yeah. you become yeah, yeah. hypertensive. I see. Yeah. So you lie, if you're lying down, you're so, sitting down, then you stand up and then all of a sudden. So is that an electrolyte thing? Yeah. See, mm. I didn't know it was because, you know, I've been doing all the right things. I thought, you know, I, I'm going to eat paleo. Mm. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to cut out the salt. Right. Salt is bad for you. Salt makes you retain water. That'll yeah. make you puffy. Mm. Right? What they say. You don't want to be puffy. No. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, I mean, you have low blood pressure anyway. I do have, I have low to normal you blood pressure. You need to have, yeah, you, you yeah. probably need more salt than most people. So. I do. Yeah. I, I do need a lot of salt. And that was the other thing that uh, my, my buddy Ben yelled at me aside from don't eat was salt. Yep. <laughs> As Megan says, salt, 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 salt. 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 <laughs> salt. Don't, don't eat. Salt, stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, those two things just made everything go by so quickly. Yeah. I think the first six months I lost 80 pounds. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so I was feeling great. Somewhere in between, you know, learning about fasting and salt, I was asked if I would uh, volunteer to help run these Facebook groups that I'd gotten so right. much out of. And that is one thing that is a message that I really like to put out there for the, the people that, uh, that are in our groups. Uh, I think there's now... 200,000 of them all together. Wow. No, is, no, no, is no, to, no, no, is, wait, wait, wait. We had problems running a 14,000-member Facebook I, group. I'm How very good earth? at spinning lock, many lock, plates. I've got a yeah. great team. Seriously. <laughs> good at spinning plates. They also lock threads. Oh, um, yes, we do. They, they, they're, they're a different kind of we were group just than like we were. Playing. Kindness we were is the nice. main thing for us. <laughs> we were yeah. too nice. Uh, we're nice. Hmm. But we if were somebody's, too nice. We if were too somebody's nice. not being nice, then we will shut that shit down right, right away. Yeah. Well, good. You know, that's what we had to do. We felt like we were playing whack-a-mole with yeah. people. Uh, not mm -hmm. only not only with just meanness, which is encouraged, I think, on Facebook. But uh, yeah. No, it's I, a I, I, but, not, but not with me. <laughs> but people can't search, so they don't, right? Yeah. So it's you, a lot of repeating. A lot of repeating. Uh, ben and I say it's like yodeling into a mailbox. Yeah. Exactly. We do that a lot. Yeah. We do that a lot. So we do have uh, the webpage now. Um, mm -hmm. impulseofketo.com mm. uh, that we can put things that are very important yeah. <laughs> that we can link to. Um, my website's going to be coming out very soon. I have a, a nice girl uh, who's working on it for me because mm -hmm. I tried to do it myself and got very upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. like, no, oh, no. The last time I did anything, like, I, yeah. I think I, I learned on a Commodore 64. So, like, no, there's just yeah. no way. <laughs> TRS 80 here. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, I started writing these groups. That, when I started, there was uh, 8,000. Yeah. Now, the larger group has 110. Nice. So, it, kudos it's to you. Growing yeah, well fast. Done. And I've so, got a fantastic team of moderators. Yeah, yeah, they good. are. You have amazing. about 20 or so moderators? 30, yeah. 30. We had 20 and we were having trouble with 14,000 people. Mm -hmm. These are very devoted people. They have running these large groups now to a science. They know what they're doing. Good no. for you. That's yeah. great. Uh, you know, the world needs a place to go and, and yeah. have a community. And Well, what's fantastic is we have a lot of multinational members. There are people that all they've got is a smartphone mm. and no access to decent medicine. You know, they've got a wow. so... You know, but diabetic care is expensive. But they can get salt and butter. They can get salt and, and butter. Bacon. Right. Yes. Everybody can get <laughs> yes, that. They can get salt and butter. Yeah. <laughs> and they can fast. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so it's it's quite the uh, the blossoming little community. The story is you've lost all this weight, yeah. and your what happened with your blood sugar and your AFib? I can tell you what happened with your blood sugar, but what happened with yeah. your AFib? Uh, the AFib is it's asymptomatic now. Mm, right. um, so I still would struggle with it if my electrolytes weren't on point when I was heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know I I stay hydrated. I, I know how to take my salt. Mm-hmm. And so it's essentially uh, disappeared. It's yeah. I, I mean, I always will have yeah. AFib, mm. but it's just asymptomatic. I'm not out of breath. I'm not fatigued all the right. time. It was really disabling for me. I mm. quit my job wow. because I was so tired and dizzy. Wow. So I just thought, you know, I thought, oh, I'm just fat. I just need to lose weight and I'll feel fine. Right. No, it turns well, out I'm the, sort of right. <laughs> it's no wonder you like avocados because the yeah. potassium is really oh, yeah. good for your dizzy spells. Yeah, you know? no, I know. I'm really big on the potassium yeah. and I use no salt on my stuff too. Right. Just a smidgen, just a little bit. So, Which is, is that like light salt with that's, the yeah, potassium? Yeah, potassium chloride it's, as well. That's right. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's potassium chloride. Mm. So uh, I have that. You know what else is also a good source of, of potassium is pork. Mm. So Excellent. there's there's your bacon. So you <laughs> have your little bacon yeah. and, a, and a little avocado, and you're set. Bacon is a superfood. Oh, I'm really telling is. people this. I'll always remember <laughs> Andrew Weil. You know who he is? He's like nutrition guru with the big beard and stuff. Oh, yeah, Looks yeah, like yeah. a yogi. Yeah, yeah. And in the 2000s, when ketogenic and low carb was really hitting a stride again, <laughs> people were asking him, "What is what's a better diet, low fat or low carb?" And he says, "Well, you know." People tend to, on low-carb diets, tend to keep it off more than those on a low-fat diet. He says, but I just can't believe that bacon is good for you. (laughs) And I just feel, you know, I'd be curious to hear what he says now about bacon. Too right. Because, you know, he, he... he was of the mind that fat is where all the toxins are stored, yeah. right? And so that's where you, <laughs> so you, know, where you bring that vitamins into Vitamins are stored too. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But your body has this wonderful thing called an immune system mm-hmm. that takes care of yeah. toxins. It's just when you, we know about them that it bothers us. Yeah, yeah I think but so. You, knew, you've got a liver. So as long as you're not breaching what, that toxic yeah. load by, you know, only eating Flim Jims, I'm sure you'll be fine. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and obviously we all are, and we all eat bacon like it's going out of style. So <laughs> bacon so, cure my diabetes. Yeah. So this thing about hitting a plateau is a common thing I see amongst, oh, yeah. di- especially diabetics. Yeah. A lot of people in keto. Yep. Some some people in keto just keep going down to their goal weight and they're fine. And Julie, my partner Julie, was like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people, especially diabetics, um, they lose a lot of weight rapidly. Yep. They lose 80 to 100 pounds very quickly, a mm-hmm. couple of months, and then they hit a plateau. Yeah. And part of the reason why they do that is because when they had all that extra weight, their body fat was insulin resistant. It was mm-hmm. it was ignoring the signal saying, hey, because basically body fat's job is when there is e- insulin is high, its job is to grab all of the energy and store it in, into storage because we've got food coming in. Right. And so what would happen is when we get overweight and when we're diabetic and we become really heavily overweight, our body fat has become insulin resistant. It's refusing the signal. Mm-hmm. And so the point where we hit the plateau is the point where our body fat becomes healthy mm. and is doing mm. the job that it's supposed to do. Mm. But if we're 
if we're diabetic, we are we have high insulin. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's no longer the adipose tissue that's keeping insulin raised. It's your hypothalamus, mm. insulin resistance in your hypothalamus, it's insulin resistance in your liver and in your pancreas yeah. and in your muscles and all your other organs right. that's doing it. So Everywhere. Exactly. So <laughs> so part of the thing for for us has been to encourage people to to keep going with keto. It isn't right. It mm-hmm. it doesn't work for a hundred pounds and then stop working. Right. Mm-hmm. It's got you to the point where your adipose tissue is doing its job and is healthy. And right. now the point is to slowly inch your insulin exposure down yeah. so that your insulin underlying insulin resistance and comes hence down. the fasting. And that's yeah. you know, and, and that's yeah, what works. That's it. In Karen's case, she she lost a, a massive amount of weight after she incrementally added fasting into yeah. the picture, and that mm-hmm. that drops your insulin even lower. So well, you that's know, what works for me now. Yeah. You know, is uh, is fasting and fasting, yeah. I'm not into a regular rhythm yet, but I'd like to be. I have been. I've, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, at the you lo- have been. I'm at the lowest weight I've been in 30 years since I was 22. And you're fasting and every Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, right? fasting every mm-hmm. Monday and Tuesday. I went away to Keto Fest, and prior to that, I'd been doing the Zorn fast with Brenda, sort of mm-hmm. once a month. Whole no, 30 or 40 of us would all fast for a couple of days. Right. Okay. And Julie never did it because she was slim. She didn't need to, and she'd gone from 95 kilos down to 61 kilos. Yeah. So she'd lost mm-hmm. as, the same amount of weight as me, but significantly greater percentage for her and then she started putting on a little bit of weight while i was away at keto fest she decided she'd try fast mm. yeah. she wanted to do it by herself so that i wasn't around in case it didn't work out okay yeah. you, you, you get where i'm coming from <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. so when i got home julie announced we're fasting now because i love this oh, there <laughs> so, go. so now we do it every monday and tuesday we uh we fast yeah oh, wonderful so, Kelly did it too for the first time, my wife, mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And she went. Did a really good job, didn't she? Yeah. She mm-hmm. fasted for like three or four days and then went keto for about 14 or 15 days and then succumbed to the Cheez Its. Oh, uh, see, my yesterday. husband <laughs> is very dedicated to low carb. <laughs> Fasting, that is just such a foreign concept to him. But yeah, yeah. he has tried it. You know, he's done a couple of uh, one meal a day. I should also say that Kelly's not insulin resistant like we are. No, In fact, yeah. when she was fasting, her ketones went up to seven something. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And they mine got up to it. like point eight, and yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if <laughs> I'm at point five, it, I'm good. It started coming back down, but we chalked it up to the idea, and we're probably totally wrong. But we chalked it up to the idea that she's, you know, she was just going into ketosis really for that much yeah. for the first time. So her muscles and her, you know, her her body isn't used to absorbing ketones. It's not used to processing them. She's not fat adapted. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why there's a lot of excess in the blood. Okay. But she certainly can make them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about impulsive keto. You just started that recently, right? Uh, we started that about a year ago. Okay. That baby was born out mm-hmm. of um, these conversations that I would have with uh, with Ben McDonald's when we were working on um, the science and f- and food groups. Mm-hmm. We would get on the phone, him in North Carolina and me uh, in Ottawa, right, Ontario, mm-hmm. and we used to hand do all the members macros, which you could do if there yeah. were only three thousand members and you're getting right. like twenty new people a day. What? We're we're not doing them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You guys have jobs. Or? We do. We do. Yeah, yeah. Ben. Is, wow. Ben works. At, you know, he works twelve-hour days, it's but amazing. he still loves doing this. This is this yeah. is our passion, right? So cool, though. So uh, we would get on the phone and we'd just sit there for two hours every night and just crank them out. And um, fasting wasn't very common in keto groups a year and a half, year and no, a half ago. It's true. It yeah. was still a bit taboo, yeah. but we sort of edged it in there when we would give people their macros. Mm-hmm. We would put links to uh, 
uh, intensivedietarymanagement.com. Yeah, I blame Jason for all the whole <laughs> yeah, yeah. fasting yeah. thing. <laughs> so if it was somebody who was, you know, they were pre-diabetic, they were diabetic, they were, you know, 100 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. we just kind of slide that in there. Like, mm. this, this, these two go together. You might want to try this and it's, yeah. Yeah, here's a link to this. Mm-hmm. I, I would recommend you listen to this uh, this YouTube mm-hmm. video or whatever it was that we, yeah. had, we had linked. And here is this website, you know, go, go check it out. Maybe read this book. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we were talking and a lot of times people would say, you know, I'm stalled. And the nice thing about that, they were asking us through the support group, mm-hmm. but I also had the recipe group. So right. what I could do is I could sneak over there mm-hmm. and see what they were eating. <laughs> right. And a lot of times it was these problematic foods, mug cakes, yeah. uh, keto cookies. Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff. Even though um, they're keto treats. They're keto treats. They but still It was like an everyday thing for a yeah. lot of people, like a, almost an every meal thing. And oh, they were snacking yeah. on, on keto treats. It wasn't that they right. were just eating, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then a couple of keto cookies right. before bedtime. <laughs> so, I, and you know, the Starbucks... Yeah, oh, yeah, it was a yeah. Starbucks pink drink that was on there too. A That's lot. right. Yeah, the the, it's cream. like a cup yeah. of whipped, whipped cream in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it looks yummy. I haven't tried it, but yeah. it looks it's pretty good. good. Yeah. So the we passion tea, right? Yeah, passion the pa- I think it's tea. passion. I don't even know what's in there. Passion there's there's sugar free syrup yeah. and uh, yeah. whipped cream. Heavy whipping cup of heavy whipping cream or a whole cup. Yeah, it's a whole cup. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'd see this. That's not a drink. That's a smoothie. Exactly. So they're it's eating these things and I'm wondering, well, if, you know, they're eating these things and they're saying they're sticking with macros. Yeah. What are they missing? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're putting all of your macros, your macronutrients, yeah. and these are just devoted to mug cakes, you know, <laughs> where it, where's the there's Where's not even the bacon. Yeah. There's no bacon. There's yeah. no avocado if right. you're having mug cakes and and right. a cup of whipping cream. So we began discussing, like, you know, there's an easier way for these people if they Mm -hmm. just cut back on the sweeteners uh, a bit and and focus on nutrient density. Yeah. Sweeteners are definitely a gateway drug to bad habits. It it can be, and it it can contribute a lot of people Mm -hmm. to stalls. Uh, That's the first thing that we recommend when somebody says that, you know, hey, I'm stalled. Cut out the sweeteners, Mm -hmm. cut out the dairy. Just do a moratorium on those. Megan Um, says stevia is pretty much the worst. Stevia, you know, it just depends. You know, you've got this this response, right? Mm. A lot of it's mental that yep. you yep, just—it's a cephalic response. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's, it's happening in your head. Yep. Some people, it's stevia, and some people, it's uh, aspartame. Aspartame, aspartame and, yeah. You know, it, it it all depends. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, and that's what we we learned from just observing is that mm-hmm. everybody's different. You really got to test yourself. But that was back then when we mm. did the sweetener show. Yeah. Now yeah. I I'm totally off. Yeah, you don't have sweeteners. I don't have sweeteners at all, and I don't miss them. Yeah, so I still have I still have sugar free chewing gum, which has Mm -hmm. a lot of sweeteners, and I diet coke fiend. I like diet coke. I probably Pepsi. I don't know. And I have a soda stream at home. I don't drink yeah. Diet Coke. I drink yeah, those a soda are stream. Yeah. But it soda obviously doesn't cola. bother you because, you know, you're... you're I'm con- losing weight. You're so. continuing mm-hmm. to lose weight now after mm-hmm. a couple of years. And I do have awesome. sucralose as well. I use pure sucralose when I cook. If I'm doing like ice creams or something, right. I'll use pure Get sucralose, which is... Well, actually, it's a, it's a, it's a heavily concentrated powder. Oh, yeah, about, oh, okay. I haven't seen that. It's 300 times more sweeter than sugar. You get so in the yeah. air and you breathe it. And yeah. You're just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... But it's uh, but you can use the the tablets that they have. Uh, yeah, I've seen the little tablets. Which is not great. Yeah, 
The smaller yeah. the tablets, the better for those. Yeah, I've seen the little pellets. You can yeah. Those, so you can keep them in your, yeah. your purse. So, yeah, now? so we, we began talking about this, and we're like, you know, we kind of want to do um, – we have the general discussion – we have, you know, the, the general support, mm. general ketogenic recipes and different foods and where people can ask, you know, is this keto? Is this not keto? <laughs> right. But we want to be able to have people just discuss keto and not be put off by a very much strictness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we also wanted to demonstrate what we are ourselves do, how we eat, and what we consider to be best practices most of the time. For us, historically, I mean, back when I started... I was all about the substitutes for the stuff that I was used to. Oh like yeah, the th bread. those can be a good way to get and, into and it and I think for some that's people. Perfectly fine for oh, people yeah. starting out, but mm. you just sort of and and as Megan and Jason say too, you wean yourself off those things. But it'll there happen naturally. Two ways. There are two ways to do it. I mean, you can wean yourself off like you did, or we recommend uh, for a lot of people if they're they're having a hard time weaning themselves off. Yeah. Just do the moratorium and then Just they can, fast. then they can add it in, yeah. uh, you know, a month later, two months later, just to give, give them that, you know, six weeks under their yeah. belts. How does life feel if I don't eat that? And maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's a mental thing. And so you know, it, it depends on the person and it, yeah. it's it highly also, individualized. It might also be easier for some people to just fast because then they get used to not having anything. Yes. And that, you know, imp is empowering when yeah. you say, oh my God, I just went three days without eating and I feel great. Mm. Yeah. And now, now you feel like, oh, when I do eat, I could easily omit that. I mean, I didn't eat any food. Yeah. You know? No, no. Uh, well, that's the other the other key to impulsive keto. We call it impulsive keto. I'm pulsing my insulin. Yeah. I'm pulsing my nutrition. That's where the impulsive part comes from. Gotcha. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pulsing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you eat and then you don't. Yeah. And then you eat again and yeah. then you don't. And now uh, Fung has his uh, the focus on fasting and uh, he... It says that low-carb, high-fat is the mm -hmm. best way to go about it. It's the more natural way of going about yep. it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's easier, too, that. to fast if you Oh, so much up. easier. Yeah. So yeah. much easier. I would I would have. If you fat adapted, yeah. you know, fast. My husband would have been in bad shape if I tried fasting. <laughs> <laughs> I was still eating sugar. <laughs> you would have been in terrible shape because I would have been grumpy. You would have been wearing some uh, kitchen implements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In the wrong places. Exactly. So uh, we have the, the focus on the fasting and you know different regimes people can can use mm -hmm. uh, whether they they want to do alternate day fasting where they want to do every day just to skip one meal breakfast or dinner um, whether they want to throw in a couple of one meal a day is, mm -hmm. and then we focus on nutrient density so mm -hmm. we it's plate composition what right. we want to see is you know a piece of of meat Mm -hmm. uh, that has minimum 30 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. And you really don't want more than 45, 60 for most people. So do you yeah. care about lean meats versus fatty meats? Oh, or? heck no, I don't. Because you can always add butter. It, yeah, exactly. Like, we don't have a lot of added fat, so I would prefer if people, you know, they, they eat to satiety. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. That's the, the key thing with, yeah. with keto, really. Is you, that, you add the fat yeah. to make it taste good, mm -hmm. and so you're not hungry, mm -hmm. you know. And um, some if somebody's concerned that they're not eating enough, if they feel hungry, then they just say, well, add add half an avocado, add an ounce, right. Of, right. Add an ounce of pecans. Yep. And then you're good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we try to keep it as simple as possible without macros, just because a lot of times with the macros, people are like, well, I'm at the end of the day and 
I have 30 grams of fat left. Right. Should How I do you eat have a fat stick left of, in the diet? I know. <laughs> and I'm like, clearly you are not eating the amount of chicken wings I am eating. <laughs> but, you know, and then they'll ask, should I eat some butter? Are you hungry? I'd be like, <laughs> That's the question. Do you want to eat butter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know I wouldn't want to eat just butter. <laughs> I, I kind of think that we are, as humans, you know, it's very natural for us to want to think that we can, we have to use our brain to outsmart our body. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, if we're not doing math, yeah. you know, in ratios and yeah. calculations, then somehow something's going to go wrong. And the whole world order is breaking yeah, down. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so it's this dominance of the brain over the right. body that we've been enjoying for so many years. And now, we're, you know, along comes a guy like Fung and he's like, your body's not stupid. Yeah. yeah. Just get the poison out of the way and listen to it and it'll guide you and it'll f- fix itself. We exactly. actually don't have the data necessary to work out how many calories we should eat during the day. Hmm. Because the amount of insulin that we are producing will dictate one mm-hmm. how much fat we're releasing from body fat, yeah. and secondly how much we're allowing into our mitochondria. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we don't know what our insulin levels are. We, if you're lucky, you might know what your insulin level was three months ago when you had last your last blood test. Right. What your insulin was that day, given all of the criteria that happened on the way to getting your blood test. And blood sugar is about the best we can do, and that even doesn't tell us much because we don't know how insulin resistant we are. Right. Exactly. Your insulin could be all over the shop and your blood sugar would be totally level. And that's that's the the problem is that we don't have all of the information necessary to work out how many ca- how many calories yeah. we have access to from body fat. Right. So, you know So that, you gotta say, um, am I hungry? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Eat. Done. <laughs> and, that, and that's exactly what we want to accomplish with this plate composition that mm. if people are making um best food choices, if they are choosing you know, a nice piece of trout or salmon, mm-hmm. a nice a fatty piece of trout mm-hmm. or salmon that has good fats in it. Mm-hmm. And then they're choosing uh, just a cup of leafy greens and then a cup of asparagus. Then if they have that, they probably won't be hungry. Right. You know, no. it's only when you start the, uh, we call the keto shenanigans. <laughs> that <laughs> <Yeah>. Sometimes <laughs> you start getting hungry again because yeah. you're eating, you're eating the bars, those whey mm-hmm. bars and that things with erythritol. Yeah, yeah. Those things make me so hungry, <laughs> 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 which is a shame because, you know, they're kind of like a, like a giant Tootsie roll and I uh-huh. want to eat it. But yeah. <laughs> so what's on the horizon for you? What are you working on now? Well, uh, we're continuing to uh, to grow uh, Impulsive Keto. Is that an open group? Yeah, it's its own its own Facebook group. People, okay. anyone can join. And then we have impulsiveketo.com. And you're studying. And I'm studying. Yeah. yeah I, this is very I went, exciting. Yeah. I decided to go back to school. And Me too. Pursue my passion. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. I heard about that. I would pursue my passion for nutrition. So I'm studying to be a registered holistic nutritionist yeah, awesome. here in Ontario. So my focus will be on uh, helping people heal and and support their metabolism and their and That's eliminate great. this metabolic disease through yes. mind body and spirit so focus on all three there mm. uh, so i'm very excited i i'm done classes uh this january and then i have my board exams in april good luck yeah, Thank you. That's fantastic yeah good luck to you all right one more question before we wrap it up what was your favorite part of keto fest Oh, I I liked uh, <laughs> I liked 
Science Sunday. <laughs> Something very funny happened that you didn't see. I think okay. I sent Richard pictures of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I went upstairs to get more of uh, that uh, broccoli rice. Yeah, broccoli It rice. was really good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and the chicken uh, tiki masala with it. Yeah. Mm. yeah, oh, yeah it, was, really it was so good. That was such a great day of eating. We started off with a bacon a bar. Bacon, yeah. As much bacon as you can eat. And yes. we had bacon at the, le- at the end. Sandwiches. We yes. couldn't give, a, give it all away. Yeah. He gave boxes of bacon as a door prize. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and then after the bacon bar, we gave people grilled cheese sandwiches. And these are people who've not eaten eaten bread for yeah, right. years. And then yes. fo- filled it, uh, finished it off with uh, chicken tikka masala. Over broccoli rice. With broccoli rice. So you went, yeah, it was fantastic. So you I went, went upstairs, upstairs to get more broccoli rice. <laughs> and I saw two T-shirts that had uh, the name of a company. That's... Mm-hmm. Um, um, multi-level marketing company that sells exogenous <laughs> ketones. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I see them, and I can see them very animatedly talking to a man they have backed up against a wall. Whoa. And I look, and I realize it's Eric Westman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, so I kind of, you know, m- move on over, and, and I'm looking at him, and I'm laughing. I hope you rescued him. Right, I did. <laughs> I did. I'm laughing, and he, and he goes, do you have anything you want to contribute? I'm like, oh, yes, do I ever. <laughs> anyway. Um, He's too nice to be rude to them, probably. Uh, you know? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I basically gave them my story, like, look at that there's no reason for this. I, I mean, like, if this company wants to come up with the scientific data to prove otherwise, but everything that Absolutely. I've seen yeah. uh, is to the contrary, that this will actually contribute to insulin resistance. So why would I use this? Right. Uh, the, these exogenous ketones. So, uh, as so, a yeah. podcaster, they actually they they tried to give that that stuff away to us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Can, can we give you some? What flavor would you like? And yeah, and yeah. I'm like, okay. First of all, tell me. Uh, I want to see some science. I want to see evidence yeah, that this, that, this is, exactly is beneficial what for weight loss and for type two diabetes. Because right. that's that's really what I care about. It is beneficial therapeutically for they say for cancer, for right? Alzheimer's, for things like that. I get yeah. that, but for weight loss and type yeah. two diabetes, no, it's it's the opposite. Yeah, my a couple of the moderators help run a group that's keto for neuro and right. they mm-hmm. for neurological disorders yeah. and they do use it for um yeah. for a seizure control yeah. Uh, yeah. For, and for certain cancers and that if, sort of if thing. If I had a geriatric elderly relative who had a dementia or Alzheimer's, yeah. I would mm-hmm. certainly consider it because mixed with coconut oil. Mixed with yeah, coconut exactly. oil, <laughs> yeah, MCTs and you know that I would definitely consider that because one of the concerns that I have about exogenous ketones is when we make them in our body we make only right-handed versions of it when we make them in the lab we make both the left and the right-handed versions and we don't know what the left-handed versions do because all the enzymes that work in the right-handed version only work on right-handed beta hydroxybutyrate and so the left-handed no idea what he's talking about you should go back and listen to the ketone (laughs) exogenous ketone but but essentially that these things could could end up a, a caloric amount of these over 20, 30 years right. in a young person could do damage. I'm, I'm wondering, like, when it comes to uh, amino acids, mm-hmm. we only use the L ones. That's right. Because the R ones only feed bacteria, yeah. right? So and the I'm sugars wondering- are the other way around. So the yeah. sugars are all the right-handed ones only. Okay, so that, yeah, yeah ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> the yeah. Does not, no, I'm a little scared. Yeah, yeah. so, so <laughs> I mean, this. so the, the thing is these left-handed uh, ketones, they could be using up transports that get in the way of other things. Right. Yeah. And we, we, know, we know that I think they gave three micrograms of, of, of left-handed beta-hydroxybutyrate mm-hmm. to a mouse and they saw 
uh, 20% of it come out and exhaled in, in the breath. So they know okay. that some of it was metabolized for energy mm. because it was part of respiration. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what happened to the rest of it and, you know, and how did it get there? And nobody really knows that. Right. So this could, you know, a, a caloric amount of ketones for decades could cause disease. But if I had an elderly relative, you know, who is geriatric right. and, yeah. and it would be much better to put them on something like that because then they can eat whatever food. It's not going to matter. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot harder to teach a geriatric how to efficiently do a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Right. But they also don't have a 30-year horizon to, yeah. to, to worry about. Right. Whereas a young person in their 30s, you know, potentially yeah. they could be what, – what does 30, 40 years of exposure to that know. stuff do? You know, we just don't know. Well, so, that is a, a very fascinating story for you, yes. and I'm glad you shared that. <laughs> I did. I did save him. I did, I did jump in. I yeah, sent my piece. Good. I sent uh, posted some pictures. Of, Karen Ogilvy, you're my hero. <laughs> I sent a picture of him backed against the wall with these two t-shirts in front of him. I'm like, ha ha ha! They've got him cornered. He, uh, and then a picture of me and him standing together. Like I saved him. That's great. <laughs> he he did say he wants to be involved in next year's Keto Fest, of course. And, oh, excellent. Uh, and also with the Obesity Code podcast. So yeah. you'll hear him on that. Oh, as fantastic! Well. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Karen, thanks. This has been great geeking out with yeah. you for an hour or so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. you you little. Man, we had a good time in Toronto, didn't we? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Wasn't Karen a, a blast? Oh, she's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love hearing these stories of people who just, just like Tom Seast, you know, right. she had a heart condition. Mm-hmm. The same one, actually. Absolutely. Mm. She lost her diabetes, she lost weight, and everything corrected itself. It's yeah. like a miracle, this thing. And now she's helping other people. She's got a community of 200,000 people yeah. who she's helping every single day. Just awesome. Yeah, that's really amazing. It is. And mm-hmm. good on you, Karen. Yeah. We'll be keeping tabs on you and keeping up with you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Are you hungry, buddy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I could eat. <laughs> I could eat. <laughs> All right, well, let's bring out some... Recipes. <laughs> that was like the monks chanting. I know. What is that? Gregorian recipes. I know. It's like the ohm. Mm. All right. You first or me first? I'll go first. I've okay. got one that also comes from the ketogenic forum, and this is from Ren. And Ren gives a recipe for low-carb vinegar-based barbecue sauce for pulled pork. Now, you know I like to make a pulled pork regularly. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer, I'm a firm believer in that. So Ren says, here's a sauce that I've been serving with my pulled pork for years. If you are a fan of the North Carolina vinegar-based sauces, you'll love this Virginia sauce. Yeah. And uh, this sauce is called the Shark Attack sauce, also known as tide water thin <laughs> okay and so this this recipe is uh, a cup and a half of apple cider vinegar nice quarter of a cup of water a quarter of a cup of favorite hot sauce i use frank's red hot love frank's red mm. hot mm-hmm. you know frank's red hot and melted butter yeah. on chicken wings that's oh, that's yeah. buffalo wing sauce that's buffalo wing sauce i know <laughs> and uh the other ingredients are a tablespoon of paprika Mm. A tablespoon of ground black pepper, mm. a tablespoon of kosher salt, and two tablespoons of yellow mustard. Nice. So you mix this and let it sit for 24 to 48 hours yeah. or longer if you can. The longer it sits, the better it becomes. Let it get all happy in there. Yeah, let it get. I reckon put it in a jar, shake it up, 
and put it in the fridge and just let it sit there for a couple of days. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the whole recipe has six calories and three carbs, but the recipe should last you a long while. You really only need a small drizzle of this over some pulled pork to really bring out the flavors of the pork. Love it. Yeah, so that's my recipe for the day. That's awesome. Simple, easy. What do you got, Carl? Well, uh, what I have is sort of a mashup. Okay. It's easy. You can do it without a whole lot of cooking, and it's really great. Does it involve any mash? Um, no, okay. but you could absolutely use mash okay. uh, as a side dish, right? Okay. Lay it on me. All right. Chicken and biscuits. Mm-hmm. Chicken and biscuits. Chicken and biscuits. So, you know, this is a classic Southern, like, you know, biscuits and gravy kind of yeah. thing, but it's chicken with chicken gravy over biscuits. Well, for the non-Americans, biscuits would be called scones. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. So muffin scones, they're a savory kind of puffy, um... Uh, what do you call pastry. them? Like a pastry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you're going to start with Brenda Zorn's Cheddar Drop Biscuits. Okay. And these have been inappropriately attributed to me somehow, but I didn't invent these. These are Brenda Zorn's. And you can get this recipe at biscuits.2keto.com. For those nice. who don't know how to spell that, it's B-I-S-C-U-I-T-S dot two keto, the number two, K-E-T-O dot com. So you want to make these biscuits according to the recipe and set them aside. Okay. Obviously, they're not made with flour. Mm-hmm. You know, they're made with almond flour and and, and, and cheese. And cheese, and they're mm-hmm. great. And you just make them, set them aside. Okay. So you're going to need a thickener. And I use xanthan gum, which mm-hmm. you can get at Amazon.com or any informed grocery or health food store. You can also use contact powder as a thickener. Okay. Awesome. Eh, but, you know, I, I, I think xanthan gum is, is great. Yeah. And it's easy and you can mm-hmm. just get it for not a lot of money. Yeah. So so you go to your local grocery store and buy a rotisserie chicken or a chook, as a chook. You, you guys call them. <laughs> a chook. <laughs> get yourself a chook. <laughs> uh, rotisserie chicken. Okay. So sure. they get these things. They're already done. It doesn't matter if it's cold or hot. You don't have to get it hot. Mm-hmm. But just, and you can get an entire chicken for five or six bucks. So now you're going to separate the chicken into two bowls, one for the meat and one for the skin, bones, and cartilage. Okay. And the meat should be pulled into bite-sized chunks. And if there's any dry meat, like, you know, that on the legs or the wings or anything, right. yeah, don't. Just eat those while you're pulling it. <laughs> or put them in with the, the, the bones. And yeah, put them in with yeah, the bones yeah. or just nosh on them while, yeah. you're, while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But So you want tender chunks of chicken. And make I'm sure saying. you've got all the bones out. Yeah. Because you don't want to have uh, Shane Barnbrook's problem. Yeah. No, that, that'd be bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So now you take all the skin, bones, cartilage, all that stuff, all the stuff that isn't meat, and boil yeah. it down in a pot of water with about two liters of water. You throw in an entire bulb of garlic, just crush it up, skin and all. Yeah. A couple of bay leaves. And you want some herbs, like a few sprigs of thyme, rosemary, and sage. And sometimes these are combined in your grocery store as poultry seasoning. Right. But fresh herbs is the key. Yeah. Just take the whole thing and chuck it in there. You're yeah. going to strain this, so it doesn't matter yeah. if you've you got- use the stalks, everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Now, bring this to a boil and then turn it down on a simmer, like on low, for like five hours. Right. Now, if you have an instant pot- that's great. You can yeah. do a couple hours in the Instant Pot. It's fine. Two hours in the Instant Pot would be the same as five hours on the stove. I yeah. Reckon. Pressure yeah. cooker, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, you can do this on the stove. So now you strain the liquid. 
and add a half a cup of heavy cream and about three tablespoons of butter to it. Okay. And you stir that up until it's all incorporated and remove it from the heat and let it sit off the burner for about five minutes. This is important. Mm-hmm. Now you take a, 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 a teaspoon or so of xanthan gum and sprinkle it in while you're whisking it so you don't get any clumps. Sure. And you can use your favorite thickener or whatever, but just so that it has the consistency of gravy. Because by now, your two liters of water have probably reduced down to about uh, a liter. Reduction. So in if you were using an instant pot, then you'd have to do it with the top off so that it, it evaporated off some of the water, I would think. Right. And an instant pot doesn't work with the top off. You have to pressurize it. So if you're in an instant pot, you have to bring it, reduce it down by half. Right. So you make the stock in the instant pot and then maybe you put it on the stove. That's to, right. Yeah. Well, you strain it it and reduce it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So you want to strain it down to about half. Right. Okay. So now you whisk in the xanthan gum, your favorite thickener. It has the consistency of gravy. It's not going to be all that thick yet, but when you bring it back to a boil for like 60 seconds, now it's going to start to thicken up. And if it doesn't thicken, you can do it again. You can, you know, take it off the heat. Yeah. For five minutes, let it let it cool down, add a little more xanthan gum, bring it back to the heat, and let it boil up again. Right. But when it boils, that's when it starts to thicken. So that's yeah, when you can sure. see. So when it's the right consistency, you reduce it to low heat, and now you're going to add salt and pepper to taste. And any other seasonings that you want, if you want some onion powder, you know, whatever it is, but should have plenty of garlic because you're using a lot of garlic. Yeah. Okay. Now you've got essentially this gravy. Right. So you add the chicken pieces to the gravy on low, and you heat that up to the desired temperature. On a low heat, it's probably only going to take five minutes or so for that chicken to warm up. And now you take those biscuits, and you cut them in half, and you spread some butter on them, Mm. maybe two or three per plate, and you just dollop that gravy with the chicken over it. Man, that's, that's so, <laughs> so good. So it's almost, for, for a non-American, that gravy is is almost like a cream of chicken soup, but it's, ultim- it's, it's really reduced down right. until it's really thick. Very thick, yeah. very rich. And you don't skimp on the salt either. You right. know, make it nice and salty. You're, you're going to need salt, as you heard last week. You're going to need more salt than you think. So make it savory, salty, delicious. Awesome. That yeah. sounds like a wonderful recipe. And that's it. That's what I got. That's a show. Of course, if you have anything that you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, some more research that you found to support or refute anything that we've said, send it by email to dudes at 2ketodudes.com or post it on their website. Right. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2ketodudes, on Instagram at 2ketodudes, and make sure to use the hashtag 2ketodudes. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And if useless swag is your fancy, like T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other junk with witty keto sayings on them, <laughs> head over to gear.2keto.com. And if you want a shot at getting some of that swag for free, join the 2 Keto Dudes fan club. You'll be eligible to win something in every show. Go to fanclub.2keto.com. And if you feel like supporting our podcasts and our forums, think about making a pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. Or just hit the donate button on our website at www.2ketodudes.com or just go to donate.2keto.com. You can also see our podcast and other videos on YouTube at yeah. youtube.2keto.com. 
And if you haven't already, go leave us a review on iTunes. That's how new people get to know about what we do. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC and produced by Paw Productions, providing audio, video, and podcast production services since 2002. Online at pwop.com. Well, keep calm and keto on, Richard. Yeah, keep calm and keto on, Carl. All right. We'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes. Dudes. (laughs) 